And the Bible teaches us if we boast in anything, we boast in the Lord and our weakness. But the Lord, we both, if, if, if Paul says, look, I'm going to boast in anything, I'm going to boast in the Lord. And so I want to walk you through a story. Now, I wrote a message last week, and God's been doing this to me lately, and it's killing me. Because, like, we are extremely busy right now, like, really not sleeping. And uh, I know you all think pastors just work on Sunday. I, I get it. I totally get it. But if you want to take the dare, I dare you to come run with me for a week. Just come. Let's just do life together for a week. My wife gave up on that years ago, right? <laughs> no. So, so I, I, I want to tell our story. But it, beyond that, it's God's story. And so I had wrote a message, and I was going to preach it, and I just started thinking, man, you know, this is, I believe in celebrating benchmarks, because the Bible teaches us that. If you look in the Bible, God's always saying, on this year, or that year, or this year, or put those stones there, or remember this, and remember this, and remember this. And when we remember what God has done, it pushes us into the future for what God can do. Does that make sense? So if you're here today and you need God to do something in your life and you need something to change, you need something, you need a breakthrough, you need to believe God after you feel like you can't believe God anymore because you hadn't seen it happen, I'm going to tell you a quick story of nine years and hopefully it's going to build your faith because we, as a church, Scott, are a walking miracle, a beautiful mess, as, as uh, our worship team wrote it. A beautiful mess. What a glorious wreck. I love that. You know, you could go into a lot of churches today, and you would get shunned for calling people a beautiful mess. <laughs> Seriously. Because Christians are perfect, right? <laughs> Completely perfect. There's nothing. Look, you can start with my closet, and you'll see a mess. And from there, it just goes downhill. But I am redeemed. I am loved. I've been restored. And God continually works on me. A beautiful mess. Don't start crying. Rain's been crying all morning, man. Killing me. So let's walk through the years. You want to? Here we go. Year one. Year one represents to me the move and the house. The move. This is the house. Let's talk about the move for a second. So here we are in Memphis. God lays it upon my heart, and I'm, scriptures are going to go with every bit of this, right? Because that's who we are. So just, okay. So I'm reading, and I'm praying, and God lays it on my heart. You, you're moving, and you're planting a church. So then we move, didn't know anybody, not a soul. We move, and the day that we move, this really awesomely weird couple comes walking up our driveway saying, hey, we heard you needed help moving in. So here's Eric and Kim, who did, why did you even do that? <laughs> didn't know us, did not know us from Adam. So they knew somebody that I knew, and that guy said, hey, they need help moving in. They're coming to plant a church. They walked up, and they helped us move every bit of furniture in the house. We went around and anointed the house. You remember that? 
all, we, we anointed every doorway, and God knows that helped throughout the years. So the move into the house, and so now we are in the house, and Raina's like, Wait, I, I feel like I have completely, massively screwed up. I've moved my family a thousand miles away and from our home, and now we have nowhere to have church. Because I just thought you pull into Melbourne Beach, Florida, and, and somebody's going to give you a million dollars, and you find a... <laughs> called blind faith. There's going to be a storefront or a building somewhere, and we were going to put a sign up and have church. So we're fasting, praying. Raina comes out of her, her, the room one day after she's been praying for quite a bit and says, I got it. She says, let's just start. Start what? Let's start having church. I said, where at? She said, right here. I said, who's going to show up? And she goes, you know those weird people that helped us move there? There you go, right there. You see my son back there on the left side? Look how little he is. He's 19 now. Yeah, un unbelievable. So, but here's the scripture that catapults this into where it's at. And, and this, is, this is ingrained in me and hopefully in the DNA of our church. Romans 15, 20. It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. When I read that, I was in my room. I just got through with like a three, stop it, a three-month stint in the hospital. Almost died several times. They brought me back somehow, did something. And I'm like, God, I feel a transition. What's going on? What are you doing? And I, I'm reading through Romans, and I read, It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where it's not known, so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. And God spoke to my heart in that moment and said, you are going to plant a church. So if you're here today and you've got questions about your life and about God, I can tell you where you can get the answers to those. The Word of God. The Word of God. Years two and three, I, I would call these the hotel years. The hotel years. So this, slow down. Slow down, Joe. Because it's only 9.05, and I have at least until 9.30, right? Okay. So, so hotel years. Now, you, you got to rewind back to the house. There's a, around 30, 40 people that are stupid enough and crazy enough to come to church at someone's house. And I, I heard Eric mention Frank and, and Bill and Lisa, and I don't know if Mark and Lee are here or what service they could. There's some people actually still putting up with us that came to our, I mean, I wouldn't even do that. <laughs> so we had this group of people, and so I'm like, man, we've outgrown the house. And then that's vision right there. When you outgrow the living room, <laughs> I mean, you got you, you to gotta celebrate. And so I told Randy, I was like, hey, I found this hotel, and they got two little rooms and one decent-sized room, and they're going to, they said they would let us rent it. She said, well, how, how much is it going to cost? I said, oh, baby. It's a step of faith. $300 a week. Now that's like, doesn't even register. But at that point, I'm just trying to tell you the story. That was a huge step of faith. 
because just like most, not most of you, you're the good service. Some of the, the <laughs> out of those 30 people, about five of them tied at that time. And so I, we're still going with that percentage, I think, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's between you and God. Right, so, so anyway, so we stepped out in faith and we go to the double tree, hotel years. And, and then the double tree, we're there, we're there, we're there, we're there, we're there. And I, I can't tell you how terrible the double tree was. No air. You got, I remember one Sunday morning going in, they had a wedding reception there. And, and you could push it any which way from Sunday, but you could not deny somebody had puked everywhere. Every, I mean, everywhere. And there was no air. So we celebrated our first official um, anniversary at the Doubletree, and then we moved to the Hilton. So I, I, you can keep going. There you go. So we go to the Hilton, and we again create a church place to meet where, where there's not one. And as we meet at the Hilton, it, it starts becoming evident. That's when Ben and Ashley joined us, and it just started becoming evident that there was something happening and something going on. We'd put a nursery up in the ballroom, and again, people would puke the night before. <laughs> Evidently, people have wedding receptions on Saturday night. I should ask about this. And so keep, keep going, Joe. So, yeah, but there's a scripture after that, correct? Can, yeah, when I say keep going, you just keep clicking. Second Timothy 1.7, for the Spirit... God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Look at this idea, and, and I want to bless those people who were brave enough to come around Raina and I and say, okay, now we were brave enough to come to your house, but now you want to go from your house to a hotel? Okay. They said, okay. And, and that, that is still in the DNA of our church. And so if you're here today and God's calling you to step out and he's calling you to do something that's a little unorthodox and he's calling you maybe to change an area of your life or he's calling you to do something uh, different, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid. I remember it like it was yesterday. Me, Raina, Chelsea, and Dylan are in my truck and we're driving and we'll find this video someday, I'm sure. We're driving to the double tree, and I, I was going to buy everybody dinner that night and, and show them how we were going to put a nursery in one room. And, you know, and Raina, she's looking at me like, is this really going to work? And I'm like, I don't and, But she says, I'm with you, heart and soul, sweetie, whatever you want to do. And so I video the kids in the back seat. And I said, hey, we're going to watch this one day, and, and we're going to, you, know, you guys are looking at something at my feet here. Um, we're going to watch this one day. And we're going to remember God's greatness. I always try to pull my kids into that faith element. And in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking, well, what if it doesn't happen? But <laughs> at least I tried to pull them into the faith element. For the Spirit of God gave us, does not make us timid. Can I tell you, Christianity is an adventure. Being a Christian, you can charge. You can... You, you can go forward in that area of your life that God's calling you to go forward in, and you can say, you know what? Hell or high water, I know God's on my side. I know I'm not alone. And some days will be good, some days will be bad. Some days will be okay, some days will be bad, some days will be great. 
But I know I'm not alone, and we're going to keep going. Keep going. We're going to keep going. Wow. And Joe, you keep going. Year four. When I think about year four, I think about work. <laughs> year four is when Hilton Hotel, the manager there, bless her heart, <laughs> called me and said, Jason, how you doing? I said, well, you've never called me before. So I don't know if I'm doing good or not. She said, I got to tell you, I'm really sad, but you guys got to leave. We're turning one of your nurseries into a gift shop. Anybody been to Hilton lately? You walk in, there's a gift shop right to the right. We, we made that room. <laughs> that was a nursery. It was a nursery. We, we set it up every week. And so, so she calls and says, you, you got to get out. You got to leave. And I said, okay, well, so like first of next year? She said, no, two weeks. So now we're running about 100 people, maybe. Maybe counting kids. Yeah, 120. So I'm like, oh, wow. And so we start praying. And a ragtag bunch of us start just filtering out. And I've almost had 100 wrecks by looking at buildings. Looking at buildings like looking at deer for me when I'm driving down the road. I'm just like, oh. I mean, I look at every building that was around. And so we're calling, 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 calling. And finally, we get a hold of this wonderful, wonderful, awesome lady named Miss Rodriguez. She's the principal of Hoover Middle. And I said, is there any way that you would allow us to meet there on Sundays? We will pay you. She said, you know what, I, I will, I would, and I'm into it, but we have a serious air problem, and I would not want to set you up for failure. And I said, does anybody puke there on Saturday? <laughs> so I swear, I said that. I said those exact words. <laughs> she said, she said, well, nobody's here on Saturday. I said, forget the air. We're in. And, man, you, you can see some. And it reminds me of work because we worked. We set up chairs, tore down chairs. You keep going, Joe. Yeah. So you, you keep going. There you go. Isn't that a trip? I went to Ron. Ron, Pastor Ron was here last week. I went to Ron's church about um, five years into what we were doing, trying to raise money for this building, and, uh, and he said, so tell me, with the kids area, he said, tell me about the air problem, and I said, well, there is no problem, there's no air, <laughs> so we turn this whole courtyard into, so here, here, here you, you look at this, look at this scripture right here, Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. So if you've got a dream in your heart today, I would encourage you not to give in to the age of this culture saying that everybody owes you something. 
Because there is something to be said about a Christ follower who gets their butt out of bed in the morning and works hard throughout the day, prayerfully, considering God's destiny for their life. And many of you in this room right now, many of you in this room right now were into the Hoover thing, and I still have scars on my hands from chairs, from projectors, from, oh, yeah, yeah. And now there's one smell that comes from puke, and there's another smell that comes from having church in a middle school lunchroom. Glenn, agreed. Yeah. But I, I, just, I just congratulate you guys today that we're along in that journey. That, thank you. Thank you for showing it. And my boy would get up with me every morning, set his own alarm, 4.30 a.m. 4.30. We had a church in a trailer. Seriously. 4.30 a.m., we'd hit that alarm. He'd, he'd be up, taking a shot. I'd get up. We'd go, set everything up. And then when it was done, everybody would leave. We'd tear it down. Put it back in the trailer, wondering what in the world are we doing? But the whole time, watching people get saved. The whole time, watching marriages get restored. The whole time, watching children learn about Jesus. And at some point, you dive so far deep in that you're like, "I God, I don't know what you're doing, but this is exactly what your word says we should be doing. So I guess we're doing something right because you keep blessing it. Keep going, Joe. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people. Just as people helped us at Hoover, I want to commend you guys that today that work the parking lot, that were our greeters, that work in the nursery, that serve in any capacity at this church. You should do that for the Lord, not people. And God will bless you for it. And that's one of the great things about our church. We don't, we're, we're, we don't like, thank you for serving, but... We're not going to throw a circus for you. So if you come up here and pull weeds, don't get mad. I almost said it. (laughs) I got in trouble for that. (laughs) Trying so hard. No, no. So don't get mad if somebody doesn't send you an email saying thank you for pulling the weeds. Right? If we have to take the time to say thank you, we just hire somebody to pull the weeds. Do, do what you're doing for the Lord. Do, do what you're doing for the Lord. And that's what Hoover reminds me of. Now, Hoover moves us into this place of we're outgrowing it. it, it it's starting to wear on the little staff we had at that time. Um, we're trying to minister to people at the same time, have a church on, wheel, on, on wheels. Back up a little bit. A year, or when we moved into Hoover, a year and a half before, we came and looked at this building. It's $2.4 million. So, that's not that much money. <laughs> We're about to raise a lot more than that. So, if you say on 2.4, you just keep praying. So, we came, and we remember we walked around. It was disheveled. It was terrible. It was, you know, there was cats living in here. There was stuff everywhere. And so, but I was like, 2.4 million, you know, we're paying Hoover a thousand a month. This, yeah, that's just a dream. So we get to a place at Hoover where we're just like, you know, we got to make a move somehow. We're wearing people out. And this gentleman called me and said, hey, you remember a year and a half ago we looked at that church building? Yeah. Well, it just went in foreclosure. 
And he said, I think we can get it for $750,000. And I said, I think I'm your new best friend. <laughs> but you got to realize, 120 people at Hoover, about how many adults? Maybe 120 adults on a good week. And so it's December 14th. And he goes, here's the catch. You've got to close by December 28th. I said, well, how much money do we need to close? He said, you need $58,000. And you got to put $10,000 down on the building so that you can put a contract on it. I was like, oh, dude. And he said, how much money you got? I said, well, we got about $10,000. <laughs> I'm not kidding. So I wrote a check praying that it would float. Like, yeah, y'all do that, don't you, at the end of the month? Oh, yeah, okay. So we're, we're connecting here. Just praying that thing would go, just whoo. God, give it air. Give it air. Give us one more Sunday, God. So you're about to see a video that takes us into the building. So, so watch, watch this video. It's only like 20 seconds. Uh, at this moment had just from our church gotten in right at $56,000. We closed on the church building on Wednesday. So there's a great, that's awesome, isn't it? That's when holy jeans were in style. Did you see that? It had holes in my jeans. I'm too old for that now, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. I like full clothing. Yeah, so we're sitting in this lunchroom at Hoover Middle School, working our tails off, and then this opportunity comes available, and I'm like, there is no way in, in, my, in my flesh, and remember, if you're believing God for something, you keep believing. In my flesh, I'm sitting there going, there is absolutely no way uh, 11 days before Christmas, we're going to, Christmas, and Need I mind you, this, when the, this is when the economy was really good. Everything had tanked. Every, I mean, there were people just diving out like everything had gone down. And so I'm like, oh, God, give me a word. And he said, believe. Y'all remember that? Believe. That's okay. Am I going to look like an idiot if I believe? He said, that's up to me. You just believe. And I did. I went before that, con- the, in the, and I said, look, we need to raise like 60000 bucks in 11 days. And in those 11 days, there's only two Sundays. Uh, maybe less than 11. I, I can't remember. Or more than 11. Because there, yeah, there can't be two Sundays. Yeah, there's two Sundays. And so we did. And at that moment, I looked out at these people who were crazy enough to come to church because they love God so much in a middle school lunchroom and, and be like, you know what? Yeah. We're into this. This this can happen. Which, fast forward, because I have to hurry, Joe. Keep going. Year five, the building. Year five is the miracle of the building. God gives us this building, uh, and you, you see, say, it, it was pink. Keep going. And it had no grass. And it looked like this. This is, this is our little ripper's room right now. If any of you have ever been back there? So we completely, and we did most of this ourselves. Keep going. That's my son when he was 14, and he, lo- he loved coming to work with me at that point because he got to tear down walls. And we were 14, that's the coolest thing, 13, 14, give me a sledgehammer. This is on. Keep going. That's the dedication of the building. 
back before our name was stolen from us. <laughs> Keep going. Revelations 3.8. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. I am a believer, and I will always, I'll go down fighting on this. If any church of Jesus Christ preaches the word of God and stays true to who Jesus has called us to be and not deny the name of Jesus and not sit there and, and, and dance around the name of Jesus, and, well, maybe we shouldn't say, talk about the blood of Jesus. Well, maybe we shouldn't talk about because that makes people uncomfortable. Absolutely. He was uncomfortable on the cross. I'm pretty sure he was uncomfortable. For you and for me, you have kept my word and have not denied my name. So you you look at year five, and I'll lump year six and seven together because this is where everything starts getting into this rapid, rapid, rapid growth that's really still unprecedented. So year six. We get, we get the building, and we're having church, and I'm thinking, Raina, this is awesome. Don't have to set anything up. This is like, I just, I get to come up and preach one time. And, 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 and we're just like, yeah, this is great. Like halfway through year six, there's no room. There's, there's absolutely no room. And so 10, 10, 10, right? 10, 10, 10 is a, we, and, and some of you could benefit from this if you weren't here. The campaign was called Attend One and Serve One. Can I say that again? I just want to plant a seed. Attend a service, serve in another service. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wes is the head of our heart, my church ministry. So he's over here going, yeah. <laughs> so in other words, you go to a church service, and then by virtue of you loving your church so much and loving God and loving people, you go work in the nursery, you work in the parking lot. Or you, so attend one sermon, and we were terrified. I was terrified. And, and it's funny, like my wife, she just looks at me, and she's like, she's always like, oh, yeah, I'm with your heart and soul. Anything. Whatever you yeah, it's good. And I'm, I'm always in the back of my mind going, you have no idea how terrified I am right now about this. Terrified. And here we go. That first Sunday we did two services. The second service was almost packed. So then we got more chairs to put in the back. So we did for about a year two services. And then it became evident, you got to do another service. I'm like, and I told my staff, and they'll all tell you this. I'm like, no one's going to come to church at, what is it, 12 o'clock, 1230? 1, 1, 11.45. It was 11.45 then. No one's going to come to church at 11.45. No one, no one, no one's going to come. And they're like, yeah, they will. I guarantee you they will. And I'm like, all right, we got to do something. So we started, we started a, a third service in year seven. And if, if you come back today, you could be in that third service, and you'll see. <laughs> You'll see this room will be just like it looks right now. There, there's no difference, which leads us to where we will have to go to a fourth service before we do something else. But, oh, yeah, people are 
learning about Jesus. Go down with your boots on. Just keep going. So you, you think about the growth. Now, you have, you, I'm just telling you a story, right? I'm just telling you a story of, of, of how you guys, some of you just kind of intertwined into the story. Some of you have been here a long time. Some of you just came. But this is from my point of view. And, and look at the scripture right here. Isaiah 54, 2 and 3. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess, na- dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. In other words, because of what God's doing here, generations to come are going to know Jesus. That and that, what else is there? Right? We get to run into people in heaven and give them a high five and they'll come up to you and say, hey, because you tithed or because you worked a nursery, because you did this or that, I'm here today because there was a Sunday school teacher or a youth pastor or a children's pastor that told me about Jesus. My parents were a wreck, but I latched on to that hope. And because of that hope and because of that message, I am in heaven today. What? What? What else would you want to give your life to? What, what, what greater, awesome, unbelievable thing? And this isn't about Coastline Community Church. I mean, it is our story. It's God's story. And the story, is, it continues because we're sticking fast to the main thing being the main thing. Wow. Year eight. Year eight, I get up. End of year seven, year eight, I get up and I say, hey, we're either going to expand this building, build a building, or do something. But we, we have to. We can't go anywhere unless we have room for parking. And so, this side note, some of you don't know, the, the land just out this way that's surrounded in the black, this queen, you own that. You own that. So, I'm up here, I'm like, hey, we got to pray. We got to pray. We got to pray. We got to pray. And all of a sudden, here comes this wonderful gentleman, Bob Cochran, which I saw last night. And him and his dad own this land, and it's surrounded either by our church or another corporation that owns everything around us. And so in the history of things, Bob wanted to do something good with this land. And, and I don't want to go into all of it because I don't have time. Anyway, the land appraised for $2.4 million. We got it for $450,000. So, and I, I would challenge you to go out there and walk around and pray over it. And pray for the city of Melbourne. They need to get saved, saved, saved. So anyway, so the, the, the land cleared. But that's, that's what your eight represented to me. And then... So here, here's the idea. You think about an area of your life. Go to that scripture, Philippians 4.19, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of glory in Christ Jesus. Wow. First Corinthians says it like this. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. So you take these nine years, 
And you look around this room right now, and it may not be that astounding to you, but for me, it's a dream. Like, I'm like, I don't understand what just happened. Because I feel, still feel like I'm young. My body tells me different, right? And, and so, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. I know many of you in this room right now who truly, honestly love God. And you know he loves you. So whatever area you might need advancement in, healing in, freedom in, just know this, that this is a God story, and you are God's story. And he's super into your story. And he's not left you, and he's not forsaken you, and he hasn't ducked out the back door. He's working. He is working. Romans 10. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. That's what we're doing. So if you're invested here, that's what you're doing. I told Raina not a, a few weeks ago, sometimes I f- forget that we're actually doing something good. Because I have to build, deal with so much other stuff. So you be encouraged today. And you know that the seed that you're sowing is preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we that's why we exist. That's why Coastal Life, that's, that's why I was born. I was born to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Took me a while to figure it out. That's why Coastline Community exists. If we ever start existing for any other reason, we're going to get so far off track, we'll kill each other. And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Somebody can't believe it, they don't hear it. Somebody can't hear it, they, they don't hear it. If somebody's not talking. And I would submit to you today, I'm so proud of you for preaching in this community without using words. By the way you act in your workplace, by the way you act in your community, and by the way you serve your Lord and Savior. That's your story. That's our story. But most of all, it's God's story. So if you're here today, you say, you know what? There's an area of my life where I need something miraculous to change because we didn't do this to impress you today, but it impresses me because God's hands all over it. Like, it's handprints on it. And if God can do this for an idiot like me, he can do it for you in any area of your life. So I got a question for you. This is just just a question. Have you let Jesus into every area of your life? Do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? And if you don't, what a great day to make that decision, to start a new chapter in your life. Would you bow your head? If that's you and you say, Jason, I, I need to make a decision for Christ. I need him in my life and I need, I need some things to change. I need a fresh start. Would you just raise your hand real quick? Right, I see your hand. That's awesome. Anybody else? I see your hand. That's awesome. Anybody else? I see your hand. Praise the Lord. I see your hand. So that's great. I see your hand, bro. 
greatest anniversary gift right there. Anybody else? You raise your hand right where you're sitting right now. I want to pray with you. Just open your heart to the Lord. Pray this prayer with me. Father, thank you for loving me. Right now, I'm confessing in my heart that I believe that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. I believe he lived a sinless life. I believe he took my death and sin on the cross. I believe they placed him in a grave. I believe he rose from that grave on the third day. And right now, I'm confessing him as my Lord and Savior. Help me, Father, in this new journey. Thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you raised your hand, go out.